Hi folks, I'm Duncan Gill, child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I'm Victoria Lee, licensed clinical mental health counselor, and welcome to Is There a Med for That? The podcast about teen mental health and behavioral problems and what to do about them. Victoria and I have been working for uh, years together with kids. Sometimes we use therapy, sometimes medication, sometimes we give some guidance to parents. And sometimes kids just need to be left alone. We don't have all the answers, but we probably have some of them. We'll do our best to share what we've learned over the years working with struggling kids and their families. We hope you enjoy the show and we can be helpful to those who have taken on the hardest job in the world, being a parent. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, Victoria. How's it going? Good. Hello, Duncan. You're doing good today. So far. So far. It's a live show, I understand. A little pressure. We're going to have to behave. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm pretty good at that usually. Worried about you, but... It it might be a problem. I actually... uh, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but... Oh, no. Yeah, I had a dream about you last night. Oh, God. (laughs) Here we go. It's totally true. I'm totally not kidding. Um... But uh, it was it was actually an upsetting dream. We've been doing a lot of podcast work, and it's interesting li- listening in the car and feel like <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where this is going, do you? No, and we're alive. <laughs> um, that's the best part. <laughs> listening to the show, and we talked a lot about adversarial dynamics. And uh, this isn't a pickup line, right? <laughs> I'm not going to do that on the show. We'll see, see on the way back. <laughs> Um, we took separate cars for we, the <laughs> for the record. For the record, it's because you're afraid of driving with me now. <laughs> yes. So I was listening a lot to our adversarial dynamic, um, taking space. I don't know if you remember, I'll remind you and listeners real quick, but um, it was about going up into your daughter's bedroom and saying, hey, did you empty the dishwasher? And then her saying, go to hell. Screw off. Yep. And then resisting the urge to just get into a fight and yell and threaten things that you don't mean. But I sort of incorporated that into a dream because I told you, I felt sort of like I was conversing with you on whenever when I was in the, to the yeah, podcast. it's very strange. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I had this very, it was unsettling to begin with. So it really was a nightmare. Um, I was already feeling unsettled and I was in this house and I was in a downstairs room trying to clean or something like that. And no, it's a dream. I, yeah. That doesn't no, happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be very quiet because I knew something bad would happen if I, I was going to wake somebody up or something. And, um, oh, I moved something and made a noise. I heard this crash upstairs. My heart's pounding. And believe it or not, you came bursting through the door screaming at me. My goodness. I thought you were going to attack me, actually. It was like, it was like, wake (laughs) up and yeah. So anyways. Wow. I was going to punish you. You totally were. Wow. Or throw me out the window or give me the finger or something. Adversarial dynamic. Wow. So anyways. Maybe we should have a conversation later about our relationship and how you're feeling. <laughs> so have I hope I be, you feel relieved I, after my explanation. Good, good. And in our second episode coming up next is going to be on um, giving up punishing and rewarding with your kids. So it's a good one. Maybe you'll have a nice dream tomorrow. I hope so. And you'll, yeah. I don't know, apologize yeah, like or something. There's some stuff we need to talk it about. There might be some deep-seated issues, but. We know, we, de- <laughs> we definitely know that's true. Anyways, I'm feeling a little manic today. All so right. we're going to do bipolar disorder. Perfect. I'm a little scattered, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the feeling right now. Great. And I think I talked to you before about the fact that bipolar is pretty heavy in my family. Yes. So I always think of your dad's book. 
Yeah. So my father, there's a little plug. My father did a, um, David Gill, MD, did a, um, a book called the joy of bipolar and other mixed blessings. And that's available on, um, Kindle? Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Amazon Kindle. But, um, he's been fascinating. He's been, I don't know, 50 years or 40 years psychiatrist and always fascinated with bipolar disorder. I sort of inherited that, but uh, he's not exactly manic depressive, but he definitely has some traits. He literally owns 140 banjos and guitars. Um, one of the traits of bipolar disorder is profligate spending is buying many of the same thing. If he buys a shirt, he literally buys three of them. He, for some reason, collects doors. Um, so we probably have a few hundred doors in the house just sitting, waiting to be installed someplace that can't be installed. Anyways, and he works three jobs, but he, he's, he's a functional bipolar, I would say. Mm. But I do have other family members who used to dance in the rain naked at night and um, think that... Um, <laughs> Me too, but for other reasons, <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other members who thought there were people with machine guns in the trees and legitimate wow. stuff. So wow, it's heavy. It's sort of a, a family um, interest, blessing I would say. Curse. It's a blessing and a curse. And I'm glad you said that. So anyways, uh, this is a show about kids. So uh, I was going to talk about bipolar disorder in kids. This is probably only one of about 30 episodes being bipolar. But uh, I wanted to start with bipolar disorder in adults mm. because you really don't have a much of a shot of understanding it in kids unless you can understand it in adults. Good point. Um, so that's one advantage treatment providers, therapists, docs, nurse practitioners have of working on an inpatient unit first and then working with kids after is you really have a sense of what bipolar disorder is and can become because when, when you you're seeing kids, they don't have the full thing usually. So when you see it more full blown, you tend to understand the nuances of it better. Yes. You know where it can go, you know what it looks like, you know what milder versions look like. And a lot of kids outgrow certain things. So they present with some signs and they overcome it, their brains develop or something and many don't. But, um, so I was going to start with adults and then maybe next time, uh, go on to, um, kids. Great. What do you think? I love it. How am I doing so far? I can hardly Now that keep we're up. past the dream, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> starting to feel way more comfortable. Good. <laughs> keep going. So adult bipolar disorder looks like a disorder. It looks like neurology. You cannot miss it. It's not a touchy feely sort of vague halfway thing. And that's, that's what I like. Uh, it's, it's, that's what the scientist in me likes. It's, it's a definitive. Mm. And you've definitely seen it in our program. Yep. Uh, when we get 18, 19, 20 year olds, yeah. um, it's, it's the older ones. And the reason you don't see bipolar disorder in younger folks, uh, and there's a lot of, you know, docs will say, gee, we can't diagnose in a young person. There is truth to that. Um, it doesn't develop until later in life. And I think I've said this in another, another episode, but Major mental illness, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder doesn't develop until 19, 20, 21. It usually happens when kids are going to college or graduate from high school right at the tail end. And that's just a, a fact. It's just a medical thing and nobody knows why. Mm. But 19, 20, 21, you start to see it. And um, it's impressive when you see it. So classic bipolar disorder is sort of described as manic and depressive episodes. And it can look like that. And that's the most dramatic but I wanted to get to um, mixed episodes and lesser versions and more confusing presentations because they're, they're probably more important because they're less obvious and these folks can fly under the radar and not get treatment or get the wrong treatment. And maybe, would you say it's more common or would you say it's less common? 
mix is more common, I yeah. would say. And if you treat it at least pharmacologically like bipolar disorder, you'll have success. And if you treat it like depression, you often won't. If you treat it as a personality disorder, you often won't. Mm. Um, so it's important to get that uh, more nuanced version that's a mixed episode. But starting with the mo most obvious. Maybe two for the listeners at home real quick. They used to call it manic depression, right? Correct. When did they change that to bipolar? That is a great question. I want to say they sort of overlapped a bit, maybe in the 80s. Okay. And increasingly it's called bipolar disorder. I don't know if they think it's less disparaging or critical somehow. Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure exactly why they changed it, but it's probably something to do with that, um, making it sound uh, less like an insa pejorative, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but we can start with the depressed side. And the, the depressed side of bipolar disorder can look like the depressed side of just depression. And that's one of the confusing things. Already we're getting to the confusion is some folks will initially present with a depressed phase. And one of the- Like an episode. An episode. So they'll come in and they'll look depressed. And you'll ask, and you won't have much of a history of manic stuff in the past. So it's a common assumption, I think, an erroneous one, that you cannot diagnose bipolar disorder if there hasn't been a manic episode in the past. Sometimes a manic episode hasn't shown up. And sometimes you'll have signs that, you'll have suggestions that this is- uh, more likely a bipolar problem than a depressed problem. You look at family history and parents are bipolar, or you get some other clues that we can talk about. And if you go in with this black and white view that this has to be depression, not bipolar disorder, you may cause a lot of problems. Because if you're just waiting for the manic side, um, you may be waiting a long time because very frequently bipolar disorder is primarily depressed. And you may be waiting years before the manic part and not treating somebody effectively. So, yeah. And that can be a, a rough years of life yeah. if you don't, if you miss that. And we see a ton of parents like that. We'll see their kids and the parents will be in and, uh, they never got properly diagnosed and treated. And, um, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you look for? So like when you said it might present, I hope I'm not jumping ahead of the script here, but, um, what do you look for as a doctor? prior, like, so if there wasn't a history of the mania, what are some of those other things? The main one, and this is a symptom of mania, is a sleep problem. And you'll yeah. notice in our intakes, I always ask, always ask about sleep and specifically lack of sleep and not requiring sleep. There is no other diagnosis I can think of. Except substance use. Substance use, correct. Where you're up for hours. Where you're up for hours and not days. tired. Yeah. Um, so these often have kids who don't sleep as babies, as kids they don't sleep, or it's a very- Although a lot of babies don't sleep, parents, you don't have to freak out. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm probably just scared thousands, or thousands of listeners, uh, at least right. thousands on this live episode, I'm sure. But- um, Millions. Millions, perhaps, at least. Um, maybe we'll have to wait for that. But anyway, sleep problems early on, particularly not needing sleep. And you will see that in- 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds. Yep. Um, so again, it's not, not sleeping. A lot of things cause problems. It's not needing sleep and it's doing things at night. Yep. It's up rearranging the room. It's up painting, painting, art, writing. writing. Um, yep. yeah, you've seen that Yep. <laughs> uh, or experienced it perhaps. Um, lack of sleep, 
family history is huge. So a bipolar parent with a kid with depression is bipolar unless proven otherwise mm -hmm. to me. Um, more complicated family histories, suicides, much more common bipolar disorder than major depression in my experience. Um, yeah, um, it looks more complicated. The history is more complicated. It's also a kid who talks about being depressed and looks fine, mm. um, unless they're being dramatic. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, or suicide attempts and looking fine. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that with mixed episodes, but th those are the initial clues that shoot, I better be thinking about bipolar disorder as well, or something like a milder form. So the manic episodes, on the other hand, are the, are the ones that um, can look Hollywood. Um, kind of fun. Kind of fun. For yeah. a little bit, maybe. Yeah, Until absolutely. Until it really isn't anymore. Until then it's not. Yeah. Um, but it looks like somebody on cocaine, really. Yeah. Um, people will not stop talking. Like, literally, you cannot get words in. Um, their thoughts race. Um, they sometimes look euphoric. Like, yeah. this is the best I've ever felt. Um, I've heard, don't make this feeling go away, doc. Um, this is part of the reason they don't like treatment is it just feels through the roof. Good. You know, how do you feel on a one to 10 scale? 34. Um, so it can be euphoria, feeling wonderful, feeling, feeling invulnerable. Um, one time I heard someone describe it as I'm biting down on a huge battery. That is spectacular. Yeah. And that is another thing is bipolars will come up with Phrases you've never thought of like Wicked, that. Like beautiful in a lot of ways. Wonderful phrases. Um, kid recently was talking about racing thoughts or an older one and talked about it felt like he was on a window screensaver where it was just going 90 miles an hour with the thing bouncing mm. all around. Um, but that's great. Biting yeah. on a battery. Um, it's almost like an expansion of the mind. Yeah. Mania. It is. I'm watching a show on um, LSD and mm. all the different, you know, drugs that are coming back to being looked at in terms of treatment for mental health. Hendrix, uh, right? <laughs> right. Um, so a lot of artists are bipolar, right? famous ones. Um, there is bipolar disorder, everything's on overdrive. Emotions, uh, creativity. Um, so they come up with interesting phrases. They also come up with artwork and writing mm. and music. You. Yeah wouldn't think of otherwise. So there's a reason bipolar disorder has survived the human race. And that is because it it's attractive. Confers, in a it's lot attractive. Of ways. It confers abilities to people who don't need a lot of sleep. They can be very busy. They can be very creative. And if you tame it, you can continue to have those traits and benefit from superhuman energy. The joys of being bipolar. The joys of bipolar. The problem is it's exceptionally dangerous too. Yeah. And, um, the mood part is out of control sometimes. Um, so it's very hard to keep in, in check. I was even thinking, didn't for a while, oh, um, there was a book written, I forget the name of it, um, but it's like a memoir of someone's struggles with mental illness. And in the end of the book, he talked about how over the years his, diagnose, his diagnosis shifted. Um, and it wasn't because his actual illness changed, but because what doctors recognized. And wasn't there a period in time where a lot of doctors would call some mania, like schizophrenia? Even? Absolutely. And whenever an older person says mom was schizophrenic or even younger ones now, because bipolar disorder, I'm just checking how we're doing in time because uh, how are we looking? We're great with time. Great. Great. Keep so going. So much to talk about. I'll have to talk faster, <laughs> rapidly. 
Um, Symptom number yeah, two. Yeah, schizophrenia. And that's because bipolar disorder, both in the depressed and the manic phase, can have psychosis. And we think touching them and do a whole episode on it, but that's breaks with reality. And it either looks like hallucinations, hearing things usually, or delusions, which are fixed, fixed false, false beliefs. I remember that. I'm so proud of you, Victoria. You're a good teacher. Thank you. So the fixed false beliefs in bipolar disorder usually look like paranoia, thinking the government's after you, thinking people are watching you is the mildest form, but then elaborate plots against you. Which is interesting, too, because you mentioned that it often mimics you know, cocaine use mania, and that's common with... Paranoia. Paranoia, yeah. Too much dopamine. Yep. Um, so paranoia is very common. With, with mania... With depression, it looks like paranoia and often voices telling them to hurt themselves or somebody else, almost always themselves. Um, it's usually schizophrenic, so you hear voices that hurt somebody else. Um, but it, uh, when they're feeling great, it's often delusions of grandeur. So it's feeling invulnerable. It's feeling like you've got a special mission on earth to save humanity. I even heard something about saving all the kittens. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like that sometimes. It's often very happy. You think you know, like you save, save all the, the animals. You do, you know, yeah. Kittens, well, you did. Dogs. You rescued dogs for a long time. Yeah, I love that. I'm so, actually hoping to get another dog at some point, but still talking to the husband about it. Verdict's out. Maybe someday the puppy could ball. be on the podcast. I bet you could. Um, you could convince your kids. Yes. And then maybe you can overwhelm oh, yeah. Paul with a show of force. <laughs> <laughs> Using the guidelines. <laughs> um. So anyways, yeah, delusions of grandeur. I'm Jesus Christ sent here to save the world. Um, I can fly. Of course, that isn't a good one. No. Um, so psychosis goes along with it. So that looks like schizophrenia to a lot of the untrained observer or the trained observer who isn't thinking uh, critically or in the older days when they didn't recognize bipolar disorder so well. And sometimes, too, um, I don't know how common it is, but a tendency – to like, I don't know if you call it rapid onset, um, interest in religion almost yes. during manic episodes and get really into spirituality or spirituality of all sorts. Absolutely. And sexuality. Yep. So sexual drive on overdrive. Shopping. Shopping, buying of, way too much stuff. Yeah. And not just too much stuff, but like, I'm going to buy a yacht yep. or I'm going to go into CVS and fill two shopping carts. Right. Um, or like get online and order like replicas of alligators. For example. Yeah, I read a book, good memoir. I Seriously. Forget, yeah, I forget the lady's name. She's very big in the field and blanking. Um, she wrote maybe something fire, um, but she wrote about her. I think I've heard that. She's in the field and she wrote about her personal experience and it was very intense. Hmm. Really good though. It kind of brings you there. I'll you're, put it. I'll put a link up somewhere. You're my literary source. Victoria actually reads books. Um, which is nice because embarrassingly, I, I haven't read enough, but, um, usually come up with some kind of reference. Yeah. I got to get better remembering the titles. No, that's good. My though. homework for our podcast. Okay. Um, suicidality, suicide attempts with bipolar are often very serious. Um, so I talked to you before about, we often ask kids or older kids in particular, they've thought of suicide. What's, what have you thought of doing? And you'll hear a lot of times, um, you know, choking myself with my hands or walking into the pond, cutting myself or yeah, walking in the pond. Overdose is a tough one because that can be very serious too. I don't mean to dismiss everything else, but with bipolar, so it's usually violent. It's I'm going to hang myself or I've tried to hang myself. And it's not like some kids, you know, 
a ribbon from in the closet or something. It's clearly not going to work. It's like rope in the shed, mm-hmm. um, or shooting, shooting themselves, um, or stabbing or, you know, they'll actually do it. So it's, it's usually much more violent. Um, and people can feel uh, my father talks about the casual acceptance of death. Yeah. Which is folks looking totally saying, okay. Yeah. You know what? I think today's a good day to kill myself. Um, there's no real reason. There's no, no. or I kind of want to be part of the universe. So in manic episodes too, they'll kill themselves. Um, uh, yeah. So very dangerous. As a parent, how horrifying it could be to, you know, hear that diagnosis. If you have a child who a doctor is thinking that might be what's going on. Good point. And I should, I should add that we're talking sort of the extreme florid. end of it. Yeah, but it's important to know this stuff uh, and to take th- this stuff seriously in, in uh, younger kids as well yeah. and not just dismiss it. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me get to mixed real quick. Yeah. Mixed is the way it often presents, which is um, it, it's, on over, it's like a depression on overdrive. <laughs> so it looks like anxiety, really bad anxiety. It doesn't get better with other treatment. Or it looks like anger. Irritability. Irritability. And occasionally it looks kind of fine. And somebody says they're really depressed, but they don't look it. Yep. This is that people can take you very much by surprise. Um, so mixed episodes are more common than anything else. They'll present with just intractable anxiety or anger that's way out of proportion. And it often is like a physical thing too, like with the way people describe it, right? Like, um, like revved up, yeah. like almost like that vibrating. Yep. Can't slow the thoughts down. Can't sleep. Yep. And it isn't really, it isn't good. No. Um, it's on, it's yeah, not pleasurable, but it's the mania mixed in with the depression you'd say Yep. all at once. Correct. That very frequently gets diagnosed as depression. Do they know what's going on in the brain? Nope. When that, yeah, not yet, <laughs> not yet. But, <laughs> um, we have meds at work. So I, I guess we have some indirect there a evidence. Med for that? There's a med for this. Um, um, yeah, there are three meds for this. Bipolar disorder is very often a multi-med uh, problem. In, in my, I'm going to just talk about my experience. Three-legged stool. Three-legged stool. Exactly. Um, mood stabilizers, the most important. Those are usually anti-seizure medicines. So there's some thought, I mean, that sort of makes intuitive sense that your brain sort of in seizure all the time, right? Mm. So meds that are used for seizures, carbamazepine, oxcarbazepine, Depakote, Lamictal. Um, I'm not paid by any of these companies, by the way. Um, those work They don't even really give you well. free lunches anymore. They don't. No, they're too careful. No sponsors. No sponsors. <laughs> no sponsors. Um, but lithium's another one that's very good. It's You have to um, monitor more kidney functions, thyroid, that kind of thing. So it's used a little less. But mood stabilizer by itself often doesn't do it. I often add an antidepressant. Some docs are allergic to the idea of antidepressants with a bipolar disorder because the thought is it can make people manic. Um, I haven't had that in my experience um, using them with mood stabilizers. Okay, it's the combination. Yeah, and it's true. If you misdiagnose bipolar disorder uh, and you think it's just depression, you give an antidepressant, there is some frequency of getting revved up. It's one way to diagnose it. Right, right. and then often an antipsychotic. And the antipsychotic is used both because they sort of flirt with psychosis and sometimes are floridly psychotic. But even if they're not, the antipsychotics seem to um, calm down the thinking a little bit. Um, 
in, in a good way. So I often use all three together and some people cry, that's polypharmacy, it's dangerous, but it's worked the best for me, low doses, of low dose. three meds or so. Um, so in, in adults, it's, it's part of the reason that bipolar is so fun and, and I can enjoy uh, treating it is it's very fixable. Mm. Um, and with treatment, it, you can often just eliminate and people can just enjoy the fruits of the positive sides of bipolar. Mm. They often come off meds because they miss the mania, so that's dangerous. But um, yeah, there's a med for that. So this was sort of a quick overview of adult bipolar disorder that I thought was necessary to lay the foundation for talking about kid bipolar, whatever Definitely. that is. So yeah, which we'll get to next week. Yeah. All right. Thank you, so, Duncan. Uh, thanks, Victoria. Yeah, a lot of good information today. Good. Let's do another All right. one. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Bye, folks. Bye.